if it is sufficiently important to you, then as with anything else in your marriage, it's called have a conversation. And a conversation has the word C-O-N, which means with, from the Latin root, with. So it's something you do with someone, not against them, but with them. And a conversation is something where you get an opportunity to lay out why something is important to you. You request and welcome your spouse's input on why something is or is not important to them. And then you start moving towards what is a mutually satisfying and fulfilling agreement. Do you undercut your spouse when they try to do something nice for you? For example, complain when they do a chore? If so, Dr. Noel Nelson and I have a great conversation that we believe can help your relationship. Stay tuned. We launched the Hitched Wine Club to be a recurring reminder for couples to sit down and have a conversation, sometimes for date night and sometimes because we're all so busy that we forget to connect with each other. Just the anticipation you feel when an email alerts you that your next shipment will be on your doorstep soon provides a boost of excitement. Now, more than ever, we need to have meaningful, thoughtful conversations, and opening one of our wines provides the perfect catalyst and excuse to open up. With the holiday season here, the Hitched Wine Club also makes a great gift. We have a few different levels for all price points. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the Wine Club link on our homepage to learn more. That's hitchedmag.com. Cheers! Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the always fabulous Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Noelle is a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, is the author of many, many best-selling books. Uh, Her two most recent relationship books are Your Man is Wonderful and Dangerous Relationships. Uh, Today, we are going to talk about uh, not letting not-good-enough-itis ruin your marriage. And you've titled this podcast, Noelle, um, Don't Let Not Good Enough-itis Ruin Your Marriage. So I have to ask, what is not good enough-itis? Steve, I think the best way to explain it is actually to give you an example. Okay. So you have a leak under the kitchen sink. Okay. It's been there for a while, right? And there's that discussion, let's call a plumber, no, I can do it, let's call a plumber, no, I can do it, and finally, I can do it, gets, in this case, himself, but it could be a herself just as well, Sure. under the kitchen sink, okay? And um, he's, he's down there for a while, and then eventually he emerges from under the kitchen sink and says, there, all done, no more leak. And his wife takes one look at everything that's around the, the floor and goes, look at the you made and she grabs a mop and some cleaner and she's cleaning up and she's grumbling and everything else and he leaves rather dispirited you see not enough itis is what we do when we undercut by however our spouse is helping out or whatever our spouse is doing by labeling it 
not good enough. Mm. And um, that, yes. Oh no, go ahead. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just. Uh, yeah, yes, it's, him it's, and her. Yes, yes, and that's why you know it could be a him, it could be a her. It's uh, under unfortunately a a gender equal kind of affliction, not good enough itis, um, where. You know, instead of pausing just a nanosecond to say, thanks, honey, for fixing the leak, or gee, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so pleased we won't have water all over the kitchen floor anymore. The, the automatic knee-jerk, practically, is that, oh, look at all this stuff I have to clean up. And what that does, essentially, is have a number of marriage-damaging consequences. Okay. Um, I, I have some questions about that, but I want to clarify really quick uh so is it m- the marriage <clears throat> not good enough itis uh that's not the marriage not good enough or, itis. I'm sorry, it's it's, you are not it's good the enough. yes the you, you <laughs> not good enough uh itis is it is it the undercutting speci- okay so I, I, this is two parts the first thing is is it because there is a lack of acknowledgement that you're not showing appreciation like thank you for fixing the sink or is it and it could be both i suppose or is it the fact that it doesn't matter what you do that it's just not good enough you know unfortunately one can bleed into the other mm-hmm. or is In it other also words, one of if the if you're thinking i was just going to say is it, uh, is it one of those other things where if you say uh, one negative thing, it wipes out five positives. So even if you say to your spouse, you know, thanks for doing that, but this is terrible. <laughs> and I will be getting to the how to do that in a way that does not undercut your marriage. Got it. Okay. Unfortunately, what, what we tend to do is that, that we almost right away go to the part that we're not satisfied with mm-hmm. as opposed to acknowledging and your word was perfect steve acknowledging the part that we are happy about okay and and getting back on track here you mentioned that there are some marriage damaging consequences can you elaborate on those please oh sure <laughs> are you kidding it is my pleasure <laughs> that's why we're here <laughs> Yes, because here's the thing, and this is the part where you want to really be listening, all of those of you who are listening, which is I guarantee that the husband in the leak-fixing example is highly unlikely to want to fix the next leak. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, he'll do it, but grudgingly, because he doesn't know if he's going to get balled out for how he does it, which is not exactly a motivating principle. Um, the, the classic example, and you know, these seem like such mundane examples, but they are what makes up the stuff of our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. The classic example is the loading the dishwasher example. Yeah. She, she loads it one way, he barks at her. You're doing it all wrong. You should pay attention to how I do it, he says. The dishes always come out better. Well, guess what? I guarantee she's going to, quote, load it wrong again. Because it's her habit. It's what she thinks is fine. And so she's going to resent him telling her once again. And if, to top it off, she has to undo everything in the dishwasher and load it, quotes, right, she'll resent him even more. Mm -hmm. For the very simple reason, Steve, that 
none of us like to be told we are doing it wrong. Got it. Um, like, let's let's talk consequences as you know, th- these things can erode like a pebble in a stream over time with these little small things. So what are some of the bigger consequences? Well, if the first and most common consequence is resentment, how warm and cozy do you think the marital bed is going to be when one spouse resents the other? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's, if you will, where it always ends up hitting at some point along the line. Yeah. It's in the, in the intimacy and not just the physical intimacy, but the closeness, the emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's, there's all, it's, it's essentially you start putting up walls. Yeah. They're not necessarily at the beginning big walls, but, you know, you're told you're doing it wrong enough, even if it's just, this is the part where we, with it, women are really good at, we do it with a, an eyebrow lift, we mm. do it with an expression, we don't necessarily do it in speech, vocalize it, but we, and I say we because I am one, and I hate when I've done it, is with a single expression, we can cut a man dead. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, and, I, I was just going to say, I've been doing a lot of reading on various bonding and stuff within relationships. And a lot of therapists have talked about like stonewalling, which is a very common thing for men to do, yep. where they just shut down or turn their back or walk away or leave the room or whatever. Just like, I can't, I yep. can't do it right now. And then they just walk away and how damaging that is to relationships. Um, yep. And it starts putting up these walls that you're talking about. Yep. Yep. And men do tend to withdraw uh, it, it exactly like you said. And usually it's, it's first mental, then emotional, and then physical. Uh, but women, we have we tend to be more of the attacking variety. But attacking doesn't mean necessarily being aggressive. Mm-hmm. We do it literally with a curl of a lip, with a smart-ass expression, with with things like that, which are just as detrimental as stonewalling. And I feel like there has been research that women are more attuned at facial cues. Am I making that up? No. We no. are. Absolutely yeah. we are. And so with yes. that, I uh, this is actually a bit of a tangent, but it got me thinking. Do you think this is why women are more critical of other women? Like you constantly hear about uh, like women putting other women down, whereas you ask men and there's like, she's fine. She looks great. Whereas other women are, ah, that that woman right. is blah, blah, blah. Do you think it's because they are able to pick up on so many more cues than men are? or uh, I would reframe that a bit. Okay. Um, in other words, I think that if we, if we look at the biological roots of behavior, which is often what primes this stuff, mm-hmm. women's sensitivity to facial expressions has everything to do with the ability to successfully nurture offspring. Yeah. You, you have babies can't talk. And so you have to be able to read more than simply the whale, you know, the, the, the big cry. Mm-hmm. And women, generally speaking, especially in, in generations past, have been the uh, caretaker for children, right? Mm-hmm. So the ability to read on an infant's face what is needed or uh, to be avoided, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff has, has honed, if you will, women's ability to read 
facial expressions more. I think what you're talking about, women's criticalness of other women, comes again from a biological background, which is to say there are, traditionally there have been more women on the planet than men. Mm-hmm. And therefore it's a competitive thing. Mm. It's, I need to be the one, you know, if, if I'm going to be picked to uh, continue the species, then um, I think you're not good. Got I'm going to cut you out. Much like chickens will peck the the um, the limping chicken, if you will, out of the yard. Got it. So it's I mean, so it sounds like it's a pretty primal thing, then. Oh, absolutely, it is. Absolutely, yeah. it is. Okay. Yes. And actually, what you'll find is that the more someone is is attentive to, uh, you know, what's primal, and that we don't really have to go there, the less they will. Hmm. Okay. But okay. if you ain't paying attention to stuff, all that, all that subconscious, unconscious stuff is just gonna, you know, mess with how you behave. Yeah, and you know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are, uh, you know, listening to this episode and thinking that, oh, I might actually do some of these things, and it is oh, just acknowledge, yeah. But it's a, it's, it's that awareness <laughs> that you do these things, and it's an acknowledgement of the, of that that provides that first step to make change because if you don't recognize that you're doing it um and it's going to be really difficult to make any kind of change on that stuff and often recognition alone is sufficient mm-hmm. i mean when you realize oh shoot i'm i'm not good enoughing my spouse i don't like that about myself often that's enough to get you to just stop it may not be all at once stop it but you will because if you don't like that about yourself you're likely to take steps to make sure you don't do it yeah and it's interesting too because people can react to what you're doing and you don't hear it and a lot of times it's how the message comes across or you being in that position of being able to hear them or wanting to hear them uh that makes all the difference in the world uh and so I guess I wanted to use that as a transition. Like, what are you supposed to do about these behaviors or habits that you don't like? Well, before we get into that, let me, let me if I may, speak to one more consequence. Oh, sure. If I may. Because this one's not necessarily as obvious, but it's what I call biting the hand that feeds you. Okay. And what I mean is that if your spouse does a chore, like the vacuuming, and rather than appreciating the vacuuming, you point out all the spots they missed. Mm-hmm. Or, even worse, you clean the spots they missed with them standing right there. What do you think the chances are they'll be all gung-ho to do the vacuuming the next time? Yeah. And essentially, it's a matter of respect. You have just dissed your spouse. The effort that they put in, that they did put in, was not respected. So you just bit the hand that feeds you, meaning you decrease the chances your spouse is going to do that chore because, quite frankly, who wants to do something that gets them put down? Yeah. I mean, in the world of gangs, people shoot each other over that. Mm-hmm. I, I we, mean, we, you, you're saying all this, and then my immediate thought is, okay, so I do the vacuuming or my spouse does the vacuuming, I see that they're not doing a good job. Like, they're, they're, mm-hmm. there's no ifs, ands, or buts. They are missing. They're not even getting the corners, right? Mm-hmm. And I yeah. make some comment to them, like, are you not going to get the corners? 
right. they feel disrespected. So, wh- like, what right. a, what a, what a, what is a person supposed to do in that situation where, um, you know, I understand we're not supposed to cut down our spouse, um, mm-hmm. but what do you do when you see that? Yeah, they came and they fixed the leak under the sink, but they did in fact leave a huge mess or they did Mm -hmm. vacuum this, you know, did this really nice thing of vacuuming, but it was a terrible job. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people out there that are like, yes, this is exactly my situation. So, right. And my response to that is pick your battles, Mm. pick your battles. I mean, how important is it? And, And I don't mean this in a, in a smart aleck way at all. How important is it that the dishes get loaded a certain way? Is it worth lowering your spouse's self-esteem over it? Is it worth them resenting you? It, uh, I get that. Um, and I think something like loading the dishwasher is maybe not a big deal so long as all the dishes get clean, right? Correct. But if we're talking about... Uh, oh, we'll do the vacuuming in a minute. Or, or leaving the mess when you're fixing a leak under the sink or something... Um, Mm -hmm. that's not like that, that basically what you're doing is you're like, well, I did this and I'm leaving this mess for you. Or I did the vacuuming quote unquote, but now you're going to have to come back and vacuum Mm -hmm. again because I didn't get Mm -hmm. it. So what's the point of him or her doing it in the first place? Maybe that isn't the right chore for that spouse. Mm. Okay. I mean, there is that, you know. Yeah. There is fit the chore to the spouse, and if, if you have a halfway decent marriage, you can sit down at the kitchen table and sort out who's going to do which chore, right? Mm-hmm. But here's another way to approach it, which is let's say the leak has been fixed, all right, but there's all that mess on the kitchen floor, is first of all, it's called go straight to appreciation and acknowledgement. First of all, it's thank you so much. Okay. Big, big time. And then it's the word and. You know how much I love the word and, Steve. Yep. And would you mind helping me? With the uh, you know mopping mopping up the water, mm-hmm. there, there's no there's no judgment in there. There's no you idiot. Look at the mess you made. There's no undercutting of the work that was done. There's a a an, a repetition, if you will, an emphasis of the together quality of it. Yeah. So first, there's acknowledgement and appreciation. Gosh, thanks so much for doing this. I really really appreciate it. And would you mind? Mm-hmm. Because that, when you when you yeah, no, that is a great uh, – and we've talked about the and in the past. Yep. And uh, the thing that I love for about those, it <laughs> – oh, go ahead. For those who aren't – who don't, don't – you know, didn't happen to listen to that podcast is uh, when you put the word but in the middle, you immediately make people defensive. So if you say, uh, thank you so much for the wonderful job you did with the leak, but can you help me with the floor – there's the imp- there's a defensiveness that that the other person is going to feel. Whereas if you just join it with the word and, people don't get defensive. Yeah, and when people get defensive, they start to reinforce that wall between you and the other person. Whereas exactly. if you say and, you are then reaching your hand out, uh, which is a, a much better way to go about it. Right. Let's do the vacuuming one because okay. I think that's important. Yeah. All right. So. They did the vacuuming and they did what, you know, they did the center of the room, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. And usually I, I, I would take it for granted from that description that they're not usually the one to do the vacuuming. Or it could be also that they have been doing the vacuuming the whole time. 
the other spouse has just finally gotten fed up with the half a job being done. Okay. Right? Then that has two two issues to it. Okay. The first is don't wait until things get really bad. Okay. Okay? Because when you wait, then then the other the, the vacuuming spouse has every right to say, Well, I've been doing it this way for the last five years. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, so, I'm going to piggyback on that but, point really quick that um, when a spouse says, well, I've been doing it this way for five years, a lot of times couples come into their marriage having lived, you know, by themselves with roommates or whatever uh, because people sure. get married now uh, close to the age of 30 these days. Um, so uh-huh. they can say, I've been vacuuming this way my whole life and it's been fine or I've been loading the dishwasher my whole life this way and I haven't died of some foodborne illness from dirty dishes. So, um, you know, even if it isn't between you and your spouse having done these habits or chores a particular way, it could be that you yourself have been doing it this way and that is the base of your knowledge on executing these things. No doubt. No doubt. That's absolutely legitimate. What I was referring to more, Steve, is the I have been doing this in our marriage for the last five years. Mm -hmm. Why are you bringing it up now? Yeah. Because that's what I mean by leaving it too late. Of course, we all come into the marriage with our acquired habits, whatever they happen to be. So let's let's take the one where uh, the spouse either has been vacuuming for five years and finally you're fed up and and you want to say something about it or they're not usually the one to do the vacuuming. It doesn't matter because the response, the solution is the same. Okay. (laughs) Which is to say, first of all, always start with acknowledgement and appreciation. I don't care how lousy the job was. Okay. It's thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Gosh, I was able to, you know, I don't know, scrub the tub or whatever while you were vacuuming. That's great. And honey, I found this wonderful tool for the corners. Mm. I don't. I don't remember if I I stuck it with the vacuum last time or not. But here it here it is, and I've been able to do this with it. So, so you, you, so you don't process? even. Yeah. So you're not even acknowledging the fact that they're not doing the corners. You just Absolutely offer them. A, you just offer the solution that puts it in their head yeah. that you want the corners to be done, and here's an easy way to get that done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I'm in a together thing. Mm-hmm. You see, when you. When you're, you disrespect someone's work or effort, what you're doing is you're separating yourself from your spouse. Mm-hmm. You want every solution as much as possible to be a to get in some way together. Okay. Especially when it comes to this stuff, which isn't exactly earth shaking, but it can ruin a marriage. Yeah. Well, this is it's one of those things where you uh, you fight about this, and then that carries over into the next activity that you guys are involved in, because then you're going to start you looking for negative things in that behavior but I, I i like how um when you come at the approach with like the corner vacuuming thing you yeah. are part of the solution not part of the problem you're not the person that's telling yeah. them what they're doing wrong you're telling them how they can be better which is yeah much different it's 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 a little subtle but it's so much yeah. better because you then are not no longer an attacking spouse you are an uplifting spouse correct and a working with spouse mm-hmm. and isn't that what one of the joys of marriage, the working with? Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> you hope so at least, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, were there other solutions or nuances to this kind of a situation of the not good enough itis 
that are common or, or anything like that that we right. should get into? Only that we make such a big deal out of things that are really not a big deal. So if you respect your mate and remember that that's primary, it's one of the, the core foundational aspects to a good marriage. If you respect your mate and if you want to be kind – I don't care if you're the husband or the wife. If you want to be kind to this person that you adore, then you will not shove their nose in what you consider to be less than perfect behavior or habits. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll have a conversation. You'll always want to be part of the solution. And you'll let them be human, which is to say good enough in their imperfections. We all have them. It's okay. That attitude of it's okay it's kindness and respect, above all, are what will make your marriage thrive. We have been talking this whole time, uh, I don't want to say from a first-person point of view, but I want I do want to acknowledge that there is another person involved in this equation, and their response matters, right? So yes. you – you can tell them, thank you so much for vacuuming, and by the way, I found this really great tool that will help get corners. Mm-hmm. And it's very likely that they come back and be like, nah, it's good. Like, it's good enough. And I know Then it's been, called pick your battles. I was about to say, I know you're about to say that. <laughs> like, pick your battles. Um, I'm going to say, like, what if this is a battle that you want to pick? Then go for it. Okay. Go for it. And then you you start all like you would start any good battle, right? We're not talking about just being mean and stuff like that. It's like, honey, you know what? We need to have a conversation about this. Is this a good time? So really, I mean, I think this is an important point to drive home is when you when we're talking about pick your battles. I think this is uh I need to I feel like I need to write something about just the language and marriage used because I think – I feel like battle's the wrong word because it means that we're opposing forces, right? And Correct. And I don't feel like a couple should be opposing forces in this. You have different opinions on how it should be done, but I think you both want to be happy and you both want a clean house. And so when we're coming at this, I – I don't know. I feel like we need to figure out some way to address the issue where you you aren't trying to pick a battle so you can win the fight. You are trying to pick this battle, because I can't think of a better word, um, because you want a cleaner home, and that's the ultimate goal here. And so when you come at your spouse uh, – you acknowledge the job that they've done and all this other stuff, uh, but you're not trying to get them to succumb to, fine, I'll, I'll vacuum the corners. You want them to recognize why it's important that they do that kind of stuff. I don't know. Am I, am I, am I well, talking in circles why, here? <laughs> no, no, which is why, Steve, that I said that, okay, if you want to – when I say pick your battles, it's because it's a, a colloquialism that we use to, to say, all right, this is important enough to – and then my next words were have a conversation. Yeah, no, and I'm – Because and I, wasn't, I never think it's – Yeah, I – you know, and I, I just want to acknowledge like I wasn't trying to criticize – 
what you were saying or how you were saying it. Just that um, I uh, I feel like we live in this world that is so partisan right now and things are taken out of context and like all this other stuff. And there are very easy fixes for a lot of this stuff. Um, and words matter. Uh, and it's just getting people to listen to the words and which is another, you know, people who have listened to this podcast for any amount of time know that I hate when people talk about how marriage is hard work. Uh, I always prefer to say things like marriage requires effort because who wants to do hard work? Like marriage is supposed to be fun. And to your point earlier about uh, the importance of words of saying thank you for the job and as opposed to but because the and automatically throws up a wall. And so I'm just trying to generate a conversation about just being thoughtful. And again, this isn't a criticism of using the word battle per se, uh, Just but but just being thoughtful about how we approach all this stuff about marriage because I feel like we we use words that put us at a disadvantage from the get-go, like using the word but. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were going somewhere else with that. No, I just want you to know words. I wasn't criti- – I just want you to know I wasn't criticizing oh, I you care. to use the word ba- – no, 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 I know, but I just <laughs> – I I I I acknowledge cuz I've probably said, you know, couples fight or couples battle or to your point like these are the colloquial blah blah I can't speak colloquialisms that we have been using forever and I'm just, you know, in real time brainstorming like is that the best thing we could be saying and hoping the that best you- thing that we could be saying is if it is sufficiently important to you then as with anything else in your marriage it's called have a conversation yeah and a conversation has the word con which means with from the latin root with so it's something you do with someone not against mm. them but with them and a conversation is something where you get an opportunity to lay out why something is important to you you request and welcome your spouse's input on why something is or is not important to them and then you start moving towards what is a mutually satisfying and fulfilling agreement those are conversations they are something that happen with someone so there could be conversations about anything, which is why when we use the colloquialism, pick your battles, we probably should more accurately, Steve, say, pick your conversations. In other words, is this something that is sufficiently important in your life? I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's dishes or, or walking the dog or, you know, who where you want to be buried. I mean, it, it yeah. goes from the, the tiny stuff in life to the big fat stuff in life. You know, how many kids are we going to have? All of those things are potential conversations. And since we only have 24 hours in a day, you want to pick what's important enough to use energy, time, effort, creativity, and so forth with your spouse in pursuit of a solution to this particular issue. Mm -hmm. See, I knew we could get there. I love that. (laughs) That was so good. 
uh, <laughs> used Latin roots in the whole bit. See, that was so much better. Okay. <laughs> I, see, I knew you. I knew you would get there. I just needed to like dig around a little bit. Uh, and yeah, I love that because yeah, we can have tough conversations or important conversations or you know those the the big relationship conversations, and already it becomes more inclusive than picking battles. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. See, I feel like we had a breakthrough. Yes, indeed. It does feel good. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to add now that I've gotten that off my chest <laughs> and you've solved no, the problem? No, I, I think we really, as you say, came full circle, but in a good way. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, I hope this conversation was helpful for you listeners out there. I know it was for me. I have some new words I can use. Um, and so thank you so much for your time, Noelle. It is always a pleasure. Uh, I can't wait to do this again soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Steve. <laughs> uh, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Noel Nelson, who is a wordsmith, a relationship expert, popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, uh, is the author of many, many best-selling books. Uh, her latest relationship books are "Your Man Is Wonderful" and the other is "Dangerous Relationships." Um, uh, her latest book is called Happy Healthy Dead. It is fantastic. She has launched a new, um, what do you, uh, it's not a club, just a, uh, like a, like a movement. It's what a celebration. It? A celebration called Meet the Amazings. And she has a Facebook page, uh, a group on Facebook, Meet the Amazings. Um, you can get all this information at her website, noelnelson.com. And Meet the Amazings is awesome. It's, it's like a, it's like a regular dose of inspiration of all these, um, elderly folk who are doing really amazing things, starting projects, running marathons, taking new class. Like it's, it's just really, really cool. Um, and it just goes to show how, uh, age is very much mental and it doesn't uh, stop you from, you know, living a very fulfilling life, which gets back to Noelle's book, Happy Healthy Dead, which is a highly recommended read. Um, again, you can get this information at her website, noellenelson.com. Uh, you can find links to this stuff on our website, hitchedmag.com. Uh, you know the spiel. We got all the social networks covered, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram. Uh, we do have a Snapchat account, but we don't really use it. Um, so if you want to connect with us, you can reach out through the social platforms. We have, uh, email links on our podcast page. You can listen to past episodes. Uh, that might be the easiest way to search through them is on our website, as opposed to iTunes or Stitcher, or however you listen to this. Um, and you can hear some of those conversations that Noel and I were talking about where she discusses using the word and as opposed to, but where we get much deeper uh, different, uh, examples and things of that nature. Um, so it's a very deep archive. I want to say we have cracked 400 and some episodes now. So we got quite a few pieces of content there for you to, to listen to. You can travel the world several times, listening to our podcast, I'm assuming. So, uh, that will do it though until next time. So one last time, thank you so much, Noel. Thank you, Steve. All right. That's going to do it. Everybody take care. <laughs>